the wonderful Wednesday edition of You Better, You Better Rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, awesome to be here with you on the BetQL Network. Awesome first two hours of the show. We gave you our golf bets for the Open Championship, which starts in about five hours, which is really awesome, from Royal Liverpool, which some say exudes a, quote, antiquated, tweedy elegance. Sounds like the type of place I'd like to spend some time. Our bets for the Open Championship given earlier in the show. Great interview with Jason Sobel from Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio. Gave us his bets for the Open Championship. Then, eight buckets. Ken and I gave you our win total schedule analysis for Kenny Pickett, Mike Tomlin, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think what we arrived at is, you think Kenny Pickett's going to be really good this year? He's going to make a big sophomore leap? You'll probably like the win total over on the Steelers. And what we'll get into a little later... If you think Pittsburgh's going to go over their win total, if you think Pittsburgh could be a playoff team this year, what does that mean for other teams in an absolutely loaded American football conference? Still to come, we'll continue eight buckets with one of the following teams, the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers, Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers, and the two Super Bowl participants from this past February, Kansas City and Philadelphia. Power Hour, Final Hour, all our bets for tonight in Major League Baseball. But joining us right now to kick off this wonderful Wednesday, one of our absolute favorites, one of our longtime teammates, a guy I've known for like 15 years, one of the nicest guys in the business. That is our good friend, Odyssey Sports NFL Insider, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, amongst like an empire of things this guy's got going on. He's awesome. Our friend Ross Tucker on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL. Ross, my friend, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, you better, you bet. Hope you're having a great summer. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Good to see you guys. Good to talk with you. I'm Kind of digging the uh, slick back hair, Nick. I am not used to seeing you without glasses, Ken. Yeah. So let's get that out of the way right away. Um, and that was so professional, Nick. Like your whole intro there about all the stuff to come. Like I'm going to listen later to hear what you say about Rodgers and the Steelers win total. Sounds amazing. And uh you know, Ross, we start to get some of those stories coming out about, you know, players have signed with teams, uh, rookies have started to report some camps. So kind of have like some news stories trickling out. Just kind of want to run a few of them by you to see if there's any any impact to what's going on. DeAndre Hopkins Titans was one of the ones a few days ago that obviously got a lot of buzz. I always think it's really tough, especially like for somebody like me that doesn't evaluate players or know where they are in their careers necessarily. It's a big name. But, like, does that mean a big performance? Does that mean a huge upgrade for for a team like Tennessee? What did you make of that signing, Hopkins, to Tennessee? Their win total only seven and a half, so not projected to be very good this year. What about Hopkins? Well, I'll tell you what, Ken. What jumped out to me about it is it, it makes me like the Titans over a decent amount more, and I'll tell you why. It tells me they're trying to win this year, right? It, it's been a little bit unclear when you watch some of the moves that the Titans have made, you know, they kind of moved on from their veteran offensive linemen and they've gone cheap and young on the O-line, which had been kind of the strength of the team, but Taylor Lewan is done. Ben Jones is done. So they've moved on from their longtime stalwarts up front. We knew they still had Derrick Henry, but there was some talk about them maybe trading Ryan Tannehill they did take Will Levis high in round two. So that would lead you to think, okay, they're kind of already looking down the line. You know, this year is not a year that they're really looking to do much. They only still have Tannehill there because his salary is guaranteed, et cetera, et cetera. You bring in DeAndre Hopkins like this, 
I think they look at it like, listen, we we can go young on the O-line. We can get Levis ready in case Tannehill's not worth his contract anymore. But we can still win the division while we're doing that. And I think that's the the mindset that my former teammate Mike Vrabel has, Ken. I think he thinks, look, if Traylon Burke's a little bit better in year two, we have a, a healthy Tannehill, which we didn't have last year. We get DeAndre Hopkins in here. We're still better than these other teams. The Texans still aren't good. Colts have a first-year head coach, rookie quarterback. And, yeah, the Jags are probably our toughest competition, but we almost won the division last year against them with Joshua Dobbs. It took like a fluke play for the Jags to even win the division. So I think they're trying to win the division while they restructure a little bit. And I think that's the biggest news out of the Hopkins signing is like, okay, they're not going to put Levis in there early because Vrabel can't look at the vets and do that. They're going to try to get to eight or nine, ten wins maybe even. I, I totally forgot about like that ridiculous Josh Dobbs fumble in week 18. Until the way he Ross said Joshua Dobbs. <laughs> yeah, Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, it's like he, he's, he's, he's not even on the roster on like Thursday of the previous week, and then he's starting in like yeah. the win and in game on the, that following Saturday. It's good stuff there from Ross on DeAndre Hopkins and the Tennessee Titans. Ross, I guess the other team that's like really in the news right now is, is my favorite team, my hometown team. New York football giants. And we don't have to I turn this into a conversation about the running back market because like just look Google capitalism and I think you'll find out what's going on as far as paying running backs. But I mean, Saquon was on a podcast, I think today, basically saying like I could my leverage is to just say F you to the Giants, literally verbatim, that's what he said. I don't have to show up and play and they'll see how valuable I am. The betting market does not think the Giants are going to be able to repeat what they did last year. Win total is seven and a half. Currently three-point home underdogs, three-and-a-half-point home underdogs. Sunday Night Football Week 1 against the Dallas Cowboys. Ross, where do you stand right now on the potentially Saquon Barkley-less New York football Giants? Yeah, so first of all, I'd be really surprised, really surprised if he missed any games, right? Um, I, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense if you're upset that you're not getting as much money as you want. How does it make sense to skip games for $561,000 each? It just doesn't make that much sense to me. Now, listen, if I were him, I wouldn't sign till the Friday before the first game. And then the Giants might have a decision to make. Do they play him in that first game? Are they worried about an injury? Do they have to they do they ramp them up a little bit? You know, that but then that's on the Giants, right? Saquon's still getting his money. But I don't think he'll miss any games. It'll be on the Giants as to how many snaps they would give him in such a scenario. I will say I do think the Giants probably screwed up here, only in the sense that he's their most important, certainly their best offensive player, right? And he's kind of the face of the team. And if they were, if he really would have taken 13 million a year or 12 million a year, and they're only offering 11, that seems to me like it's probably worth it just to have him, you know, for the next however many years and to make sure he's happy and to make sure the team is is happy because it kind of sends a bad message to the locker room, right? Now, maybe they could argue, hey, we paid Dexter Lawrence. We paid Daniel Jones. We're paying these other guys. Like, we're trying, and I get that. But I think those other guys, I had Mark Lewinsky on 
my Ross Tucker football podcast recently, the right guard for the Giants. He said two things really interesting, I think. One is he said, look, uh, that guy makes a difference in the outcome of games. I, I know how, how unbelievable he is. Um, and so I think it sends a bad message to the team when you don't get it done with him. So I think they'll probably try to do what it takes to get him done so he doesn't miss any games because then it gets really bad. Then it's a distraction. Then your whole season can go south. But he also said, uh, Nick, I thought this is interesting since you're a Giants fan, that he felt like Daniel Jones was tight early in the year last year. And, you know, it was kind of a contract year for him. New head coach, didn't want to screw up. And Glowinski said he said to him multiple times, hey, man, just relax and have fun. And that he felt like when he did that towards the end of the year, Daniel Jones played a lot better. And he really thinks that now that Jones has the contract, now that Jones has some security year two in Dable's offense, he thinks Daniel Jones is going to go out there and have fun without any of that pressure and stress on him. And that he'll pick up where he left off last year and really play at a high level, which would be huge for the Giants because if he does, they'll go over that win total. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Wonderful Wednesday talking the National Football League with Odyssey Sports NFL Insider, our good friend Ross Tucker on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL. So, Ross, obviously, we just talked about the Giants, a team that like went way over their win total last year, got some maybe surprisingly good quarterback play, got a really good coaching performance from their first year head coach. I think a lot of people in the NFC, especially AFC, so loaded, so many good teams in the NFC. A lot of people have tried to look at, I think, like a group of potentially emerging quarterbacks who we know nothing about and try to pick one of them that maybe is going to be really good this year, right? So there's seems like there's three that people have settled on where we have, again, like basically no idea whether they're good or not. Desmond Ritter with Atlanta would be one. Jordan Love with the Packers would be another. And Sam Howell with the Commanders would be a third where it's like, we have like a game on these guys. Do you have one of those three or even one of those three teams? It doesn't have to be about the quarterback that could maybe overachieve a lot. All three of them not projected to be very good, basically 500 or worse this year. Do you have one of those three that you like? Yeah. So first of all, the the first point I would make on that, where I thought you were going, Ken, is I do think it's a really interesting year to pick teams like the Detroit Lions or the Seattle Seahawks to win the NFC because the Niners have quarterback issues. The Eagles, I think, are taking a step back. We'll see how much of one, but they certainly took a step back from a personnel standpoint. I mean, they had the best roster in franchise history, best roster in the league easily a year ago. They lost seven starters. And even like the Dallas Cowboys, when's the last time they even got to an NFC championship game? You know, I think Costos was still in high school, right? So uh, Great school. To be fair. Grade school. Unbelievable, right? So the point is, Ken, if there was ever a year to take a team lower down the line and, and put some bucks on them to win the conference, I feel like it's the NFC this year and it's teams like the Detroit Lions and the Seattle Seahawks. So just keep that in your back pocket. Out of the guys that you named, you know, the guy I probably like the most is Desmond Ritter primarily because of the coach, Arthur Smith, and the upgrades that the Falcons made to the roster this offseason. Listen, what was their win total the last couple of years? Like three and a half and four and a half? I mean, they had terrible rosters the last couple of years. 
and Arthur Smith exceeded expectations, getting them seven wins both years. Now he's got Bijan Robinson at running back. He's got the offensive line kind of where he wants it to be. But to add Bijan to a running team, Ritter's a pretty darn good runner. They'll actually get Kyle Pitts back this year after the injury. They still have Drake London from last year. Their defense, which didn't have a guy on it last year you could even name, okay, other than Grady Jarrett and the corner, they brought in some dudes. Like, they brought in Calais Campbell, David Yanyamada, Bud Dupree. What does that tell me? Tells me the Falcons think they can win that division this year, and I kind of believe them. I, I kind of think they can. If Ritter's just okay, I mean, they won seven games. Mariota wasn't even good. If Ritter's just okay, the Falcons have a great chance to win the NFC South. Ross, we only got about 30 seconds left here, and I feel bad because this is a really juicy question I'm going to ask you. Uh, the team that will be the subject of hard knocks coming up shortly is Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Um, Jets obviously have really sky-high expectations this year, win total of about nine and a half. Do you think the Jets are going to meet expectations this year? Only have about 30 to 45 seconds left, Ross, for this answer. Well, I guess it depends on what your expectations are. I do think... I would take the over. I think they'll get to 10, maybe 11 wins. I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't know about winning a playoff game. They're not going to the conference championship. They're not going to the Super Bowl. That would surprise me. I think they'll make the playoffs and maybe win a playoff game. So it depends on your expectations. But the GM and the head coach will get new contract extensions because of that. That's all they want. That's why they traded for Rodgers in the first place. I absolutely love it. You got to love how the NFL works. Ross are shining a light on it basically there with GMs and coaches yeah. and trying to do. Team intentions. To, that yeah, was like a big is, part of all those answers. Yeah. Which is which is to make money. Yeah. You know what my goal is also? Make yeah. money. That's what it's all yeah. about. Uh, Ross is the best. On Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL. Odyssey Sports NFL Insider, the Ross Tucker family of podcasts, Ross Tucker NFL podcast. Ross has the, the, the betting podcast big also with our guy, Steve Pez. I mean, right, he does a ton of stuff. He's always working. We absolutely love it. So please, Ross supports us. Please support him. My friend, sincerely appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your summer. I'm sure it's winding down with training camps about to start. We can't wait to watch you, my friend, calling games nationally in the preseason, hearing you call games. It's going to be awesome. Stay well, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. The great Ross Tucker joining us here on You Better You Bet. The Falcons, huh? A little Desmond Ritter yeah. action. People like Atlanta right now. And Titans over. Got Hopkins. Maybe they're actually trying to win. We don't know what the Rams are trying I, to do. Maybe the Titans are trying I to think, win. I think he might be right about the Titans. Coming up next, put the bucket hats back on. More 8 Buckets.